When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a podcast from Minute Media. I'm solid to the crack, never change me and my son the rain. It gets wet when we hang. I'm solid, could touch the blue part of the flame, the blue part of the flame. And nothing else. I just want to roll with Sports comedy podcast that doesn't want to give Kurt Schilling what he wants, but also doesn't want him in the Hall of Fame, so we're probably just going to eat a ballot. I'm your host, Adam Weinerib, and you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, at the kids' table asking the young ones if they got any cool tattoos this year, locking eyes directly with Grandma while heaping an extra serving of candy DMs onto our plate and getting a disapproving nod, followed by a dejected smile, followed by a defeated mouth noise, and on Stitcher, another normal podcast app. Coming up in a bit, the big leads, Kyle Koster on the Lions Thanksgiving game tradition. But first, let's take a quick trip through the headlines. LeBron James was suspended one game and Pistons forward Isaiah Stewart for two after LeBron's fist bloodied Stewart's face, sending the youngster into a rage. This proves the NBA learned its lesson from the malice of the palace, for which LeBron James wasn't suspended whatsoever. It is ironic that Stewart received a longer suspension, though, considering LeBron's the one who started eight consecutive NBA Finals. Okay, not that ironic, actually. Luke Walton has been fired as head coach of the Sacramento Kings. In his final game, a fan sitting courtside puked on the floor. But in the fan's defense, he was just trying to execute Luke Walton's offense. Wizards forward Kyle Kuzma showed up to Monday's game in a massive flowing pink sweater. Now, I know podcasting isn't a visual medium, but imagine Kyle Kuzma in a giant sweater. You got it now? Kuzma got the last laugh, though, because the outfit was actually a tribute to a fallen friend. That friend? The pop Thanksgiving Day Parade Peppa Pig balloon. When asked about Cleveland fans booing him, Browns quarterback Baker Mayfield said, those are probably the same fans that won't be quiet while we're on offense and trying to operate so don't really care. Classic Baker, takes a big hit, then gets really boastful about a mediocre comeback. After Sunday's game, Mayfield's wife reposted an Instagram story that asked the defense to show as much toughness as her husband, and maybe if they hustle hard enough, they can match him in interceptions too. Matthew Stafford's wife, Kelly, threw a pretzel at a fan in frustration during Monday Night Football, yet another person who refuses to target Odell Beckham Jr. with their pretzels. Speaking of Beckham, the wide receiver has agreed to receive his Rams salary in Bitcoin. The only currency is non-existent is his production. Ironic because the price of Ethereum is the only thing that dipped more than LA's Super Bowl odds last week. Sources say Odell is also selling an NFT of his one-handed catch against the Cowboys for 100,000 ostrich feathers. Can't beat that price. And I'm actually the lame one for not understanding this. I guess. I guess I'm lame. The New York Giants fired offensive coordinator Jason Garrett after Monday's no-show in Tampa. Garrett fought for his job, though, saying he'd done exactly what he was asked, but it turns out he was mispronouncing offensive this whole time. Zach Wilson is back in at quarterback for the Jets as unvaccinated starter Joe Flacco and Mike White have both hit the COVID list. Flacco was brought in to teach Wilson about playing under pressure, but he wilted at the sight of a needle. Too pointy. 
Comedian Louis C.K. has been nominated for a Grammy while Adele was snubbed. Even worse, C.K.'s nomination was for Adele's album. The Red Sox exercised their contract options on Alex Cora for 2023 and 2024, several years before they had to. No surprise here, the Sox are big believers in his system of buzzes and flashing lights indicating pitch types and sequence. In all seriousness, it's clear by now that Cora and AJ Hinch can cheat as much as they want to forever, while Carlos Beltran gets stuck in jail like Tom from Succession. Feliz Navidad to Christmas tree Carlos. The Baseball Hall of Fame released their 2022 ballot this week. David Ortiz is likely to get elected on first ballot, but if he doesn't, he'll likely go into a totally organic, non-roid rage. And owners and players agree an MLB lockout is coming on December 1st. You can tell a lockout has gone down if the stadiums are empty. If fans are in the stands while nothing's happening, that's called a baseball game. You might have heard about Matthew Stafford's wife, Kelly Stafford, chucking a pretzel in frustration at Monday Night Football. In fact, you probably heard about it a couple of seconds ago. But what happened next will truly inspire you. Ma'am, I don't mean to intrude, but did I just see you throw a pretzel several aisles over and strike a man in the throat? I don't usually do this, but ma'am, I have trouble staying silent when I spot talent in the wild. Hi, Arthur Sherman's the name, quarterback whispering's my game. Who do I work for? Well, it's not important. My employer ain't the reason I get a twinkle in my eye when I see a pitch-perfect spiral where you can still see the salt flecks on the brown ridges. I'm talking about a pretzel! See, I specialize in picking quarterbacks from unlikely circumstances. You ever hear the story of Kurt Warner bagging groceries? Well, I'm the guy who noticed him bagging up cabbage and tossing it to a customer in the checkout line. Brandon Whedon? I'm the guy who saw him playing minor league baseball and said to myself, what if the ball was bigger and browner, like a pretzel sans salt? I could visualize it. Because that's what I really love to do, my sweet spot. I love to discover someone throwing something else, like a lug nut or a turnip map out their entire NFL future. And when you hucked that hot pretzel sidearm, I saw the improvisational skills of Patrick Mahomes crossed with the pretzel prowess of Auntie Anne. Who do I work for? Again, it's not important. Please stop asking that. Security, would you mind standing down? I'm networking. Now, I know you can't throw pretzels at pedestrians. No, I know you need to talk to her for a bit. But with all due respect, I got here first. And I'm Arthur freaking Sherman. Before me, Tom Brady was a Montreal Expo. Before me, John Elway was a New York Yankee. Before me, Dan Fouts was a guy chucking pretzels at people in gas station parking lots. That's right, another pretzel specialist. It's happened before, and it can happen again. Look, ma'am, I, uh, I don't want to cause no mess. I won't be no trouble to you. Just tell me no once, and I'll be on my way. What's that? You can't give an answer in either direction? You have no details and haven't even heard a question? <laughs> Listen, I don't have much time left. Yes, I'm dying. The guy you've known for several minutes. Doctors say I might expire before the end of the fourth quarter. Yes, that's soon. Yes, my seatmate is my doctor. Say hello, doctor. He'll say hello in a bit. He's busy. But for my last act, I'd love to get your name on a contract. 
Okay, fine. I work for Auntie Anne's. But we need someone with an arm like yours. You know how hard it's been to get pretzels delivered on time with the whole supply chain thing? Hey, quick question. Can you zing a cinnamon sugar too or does that fuck up your grip? Yes, by the way, hurry up. I am really dying. Wow. Truly, truly inspiring. That man really was salt of the earth. And now he's dead. And now a Lions Thanksgiving game preview and history with the big leads resident Detroit fan Kyle Coster. Editor's note, somehow between recording this and publication, the breakfast that Detroit Tigers manager AJ Hinch consumed with Carlos Correa has been revealed. It was a ham and cheese omelet. Of all the things that could have possibly been spoiled, this was the one that was spoiled. Sportfire regrets the timing of the leak as well as the fact that this is Thanksgiving week. If we could prevent this from being Thanksgiving week, we would. Please enjoy the interview. I'm here with Kyle Coster of The Big Lead and The Kyle Coster Show, a Minute Media podcast. And Kyle, I wanted to sit down with you today because we are, uh, it is, this will come out on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, one of the biggest NFL days of the year and a day that the Detroit Lions are still prominently a part of after so many decades of just other non-Detroiters waking up on Thanksgiving morning and going, all right, football. Oh no, the the Lions are the first football. And so I wanted to talk to you, a a real life Lions fan, to kind of get to the bottom of, of what it's like for you to experience this tradition that I think so many of us have all sort of like, uh, I, I don't even know what I do. I don't know how I feel anymore about it. I just, I sort of, I don't plan my day around, around these games. So uh, what, what is it like for you, a real live Lions fan to sit down and watch the Lions on Thanksgiving? What do you do? You know, honestly, it's a tremendous blessing in a way, because it's like the only thing that we have. This is a team where any fan going into the season understands that they will not be doing anything. We have one playoff win in over 60 years. I think it's almost 65 now. Like think of how bad that is. This is the one time a year everybody has to watch the game and it really does impact your day. Not whether they lose because you're so used to losing, but if they win, it's just such a nice added surprise where you're like, Oh, that's, that's, that's freaking fantastic. Like I did not see that coming and it feels like you actually accomplished something through the year. You know what I would actually kind of compare it to as I'm speaking out loud is like a bowl game in college football, but a good one, right? Where Mm -hmm. maybe your team had a disappointing year, but you just kind of get this extra little carrot. Like, Hey, if we can just win our bowl game, we can carry that good feeling for a while because honestly, in so many seasons, the, the Thanksgiving game comes like after the Lions are far outside any reasonable realm to make the playoffs. So if they win it, it's kind of like, that's it for you. That's the last game you watched that year because being a Lions fan, the week to week, like I don't, Adam, I don't get excited on Sunday morning in the way that I've never understood this whole world has outside of, of Michigan in this cursed franchise. Like, I don't get, there's no sense of optimism. There's no looking forward to it. It's something that you just don't have any hope. And this is kind of like the little shining beacon on the hill for you to set your eyes on. But honestly, it's a great experience. And I'm interested more about, you know, the people who share your opinion that are maybe sick of watching the Lions, I would say, 
there's joy in bad football. Like a blowout can be entertaining. Sloppy football can be entertaining. Anything can really be entertaining if you want it to. Um, this is the one thing that we have. I, I think that those complaints, like, please don't take that away from us. Like without that, I honestly don't know what there would be because there is like this sense of community too. And I was lucky enough to go to a game and it was a fantastic experience. It's like a really good tradition. I'm sure we can get to this. It was the first one. The Lions started it and had the corner for so many years. So it's kind of like, yes, we know that in any real world, we may have forfeited the right to keep playing that game, but maybe nobody would have ever figured out that they should play football games on Thanksgiving if it weren't for the Lions. I think what's so funny, and you're you're right that like you know you don't have the outsider's perspective. I weirdly sort of have both because it's only a month from now until the NBA dominates Christmas and everybody has to watch the Knicks play at noon. And I'm coming from a place where I, you know, I, I understand none of you want, you guys don't want to watch Knicks Bulls as your, as your, you know, Christmas starter. I don't really want to watch that either. Um, and, you know, I'm glad we're there. I, I think you're gladder the Lions are there than I am the Knicks are starting off the Christmas slate. But it is funny that, you know, I, I definitely know what it is like to have the, uh, you know, the, the child nobody, you know, the objective Americans don't want to see starting off the national slate. Um, bad football is certainly charming in a way. And I think that looking at it as a bowl game is definitely a good way to understand it in that, like, if you are a Lions fan, you're maybe not necessarily thinking it's going to catapult you to the playoffs, but you are just sort of letting it be your capper. And that if this year is another year, like the years I've already experienced, at least I have this Thanksgiving showcase. You mentioned going to it. I think that's probably the thing that interests me the most. You've been to a Lions Thanksgiving game? Yeah, I went in 2019. It was kind of like a bucket list item for me. And when we moved back to Michigan a few years ago, I was like, you know, we're in Detroit area, some Thanksgivings. Uh, why don't I try to get down and see one? So obviously I picked my funnest in-laws uh, and we went down there for the experience. Cause it was like, it's Thanksgiving. Like there's something, there's something still magical about doing something untraditional on a holiday. And I think that like, even as like an adult and, and, and a parent, like doing something on the actual day feels more fun. It feels like you're in this like alternate reality. I've never done this before. And it's just a little bit more special because it's on Thanksgiving, but no, the city, the city feels really alive. And there's a, a sense of tradition there because, you know, it goes back forever. Uh, I, I mean, plus, I mean, the, the the home improvement episode where they go to uh, the Lions Thanksgiving Day game is the best one of all time where Tim knocks out the power. Uh, hilarious, even upon rewatch. But no, it is it is this kind of like special moment where everybody gets together and they played the Bears. They got out to a... They got out to an early lead, I remember, and David Blau was filling in. He threw like a couple, he threw a long touchdown pass and then maybe like another 50 yarder to set up another score. And I'm telling you, everybody in section like 106, because we had really good seats like in the sixth row, like behind the end zone, because tickets were fairly cheap. We had everybody in that section convinced that Blau was going to the Hall of Fame. Uh, we were beating the Bears. And it was just this really special moment of being like, I'm having fun at a Lions game and I'm having fun with other fans because they have 
with other fans because they're kind of giving into the moment. Like they give you give into this like we're a downtrodden we're a downtrodden franchise, so we don't really get frustrated or or upset when they lose. It's more just like hey, it's cool that we got to have this moment. It kind of say like yes and then to it and being like add on to it and like you're just like you know that you share that ethos with someone where it's just like hey we're gonna have fun when we can have it and i think that that thanksgiving day game is always special also the there was a halftime performance and the power went out i I don't know if you remember this but there was i don't know how it was on television but like they couldn't play and in the arena it was super awkward because you would hear like intermittent uh announcements about things but it was clearly like and it's a long performance it's like at least a half hour halftime it's kind of like the super bowl because they have to erect a stage like sometimes scott Stapp wanders in and goes crazy and goes viral but yeah it was this like super awkward um experience and it was just funny to be on twitter and see everybody reacting to that in the moment and knowing like yeah nobody here has any freaking idea what's what's going on and you know lots of beers lots of good times hit the casino afterwards had a great time really one of the so happy I went to it. And honestly, I, I, I will go again because that was a really fun way to spend Thanksgiving. And by the way, the Lions did lose. They blew the lead and lost. Yeah, I think the Lions Bears factor of it all leads to a little bit of the fatigue from us. too. I feel like we've ended up with Lions Bears repeatedly and we're going to get it again. And it's just like, you know, is Matt Nagy going to get fired before the game? Like these are two franchises that, that are, you know, the history is different, but the recent history is the same. And so it's like, Gonna watch this another time. Do you have a do you have a least pleasant Lions Thanksgiving Day memory of all time, or do they all just sort of blend together if you're not there? Oh man, least pleasant? I don't know. I mean, I I they all kind of come to an amalgamation in my mind of because you have to understand, not only do I root for the worst franchise of all time, they have played in a division that has one team has fielded Brett Favre into Aaron Rodgers, like that's inhumane. And I, and I say that to Bears fans and Vikings fans alike, because how do you even exist in a world where it's like this person is going to come in and tear your heart up? So I would probably say it's any one of a late Packers comebacks. Um, anytime they don't wear the old timey uniforms, which are like some of the best looking uniforms in all of football with just the, the plain silver dome and plain blue Jersey, they look incredible. Uh, so when they don't wear those, it's, it's frustrating, but there was a game. I don't know. It was a few years ago. And I want to say that the lions had like outside playoff chances. And it was the year the Vikings were really good. And we were living in New York and my wife was in the Macy's Thanksgiving day parade uh, so we went down to get to see her and it was like this really fun day. And I went home to watch it on tape. Cause I had to like turn my phone off. Cause I, I'm just going to like parents or, or family and friends are active texters on holidays. You never know when you're going to catch a stray of someone being like, Oh, those lions or can you believe the boys did it or something weird that like, maybe not from a 1940s radio announcer. Cause I don't have any of those in my family. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that was, but anyway, so I'm catching up with it. <laughs> And it was the, uh, the Vikings had Kate, Case Keenum as a quarterback. And it was the year that Case Keenum was unbelievable. And I want I don't think anything remarkable happened in that game, but I remember like, oh my God, I care about a Lions game uh, so passionately at this point of the season. 
Uh, it's been such a great day. It feels like they're going to win. And then they lost. And I feel like that was the downfall for them making the playoffs that year uh, if they had a chance. But I think it's just any one of the quarterbacks that have come in and each and every single one, like you, you appreciate and you also kind of take stock of the other teams when you play them on Thanksgiving, because you're like giving them a closer look and you're like, Oh my God, look at these, look at these franchises that can come in like the same franchise that came in with Joe Montana, even like late career Joe Montana is now coming in with Patrick Mahomes. And you're just like, wow, look at that. That's like some competency over a, over a half decade period that you can see like two data points for when is that going to come home for us? And the answer, you know, like not for another five years. Yeah, probably not in this juncture. Um, especially important now because we are on the verge of the Tim Boyle Thanksgiving game, which is like a special variety of Lions Thanksgiving games. I, I will just say, take this opportunity to prepare uh, the part of America that hasn't watched that much Lions football this year. What should they be expecting from Dan Campbell? And then what is the Tim Boyle factor of it all? Okay, so I'll start. I'll just the Tim Boyle thing first, and it's you know when you watch a movie and like the backup comes in and they're just comically bad uh and because it stands out because they presented the main character to be so fantastic that there's this this, this precipitous drop off like it's disaster if the next guy comes in well now imagine if like that guy had come in but you didn't notice the difference between that guy and the previous guy which is kind of what was going on with Jared Goff. I don't know if people happened to catch the Steelers tie, which was one of the most absurdist, uh, I don't know, from the mind of Gaudi um, pieces of art I've ever seen in, in sporting form. But like, they, they, Dan Campbell would not allow Jared Goff to throw the football down the field. And when I say throw the football down the field, that means a lot of things. We've seen those passing charts where it's just like, oh, they never really are going deep. I'm talking like past the line of scrimmage. Like there was a point, I think I, he was five for 10 for like 19 yards or something. And I was watching the game and I was like, now looking at a stat sheet, an idiot would be in, would someone be an idiot if they said I could go out there and Put up the exact same stats but i'm watching the game and if i was like a tape eater i'm like i could take the snap and throw it over there i got a decent arm like he's not getting hit like literally could have done what an nfl quarterback was doing and honestly i would have had the courage to go up and throw a, a fade an 18 yard fade or something just maybe you get a pi but it's pretty bleak uh campbell has been forced to go conservative like ultra ultra conservative um, Glenn Black, Glenn Beck style, uh, the last few weeks, and it's not been pretty. Let, let me tell you, it, it is, it's been really bad and really tough to watch. Now, having said all that, they've been in football games, like you said, we got a tie. Uh, they will play hard, they will play tough. It's not, uh, particularly, I mean, it's not a particularly scary opponent either. So, I would expect it's probably going to be by all legal definitions, a football game. Like nobody's going to get sued for putting it on there and calling it football. But uh, yeah, it's going to, it's going to be pretty bad. Um, but you know what? Then maybe there'll be a deception or a defensive score or a kickoff or something, something wacky. I don't know. The graphics on TV will be pretty cool, right? Those are always good. Uh, nice. They get the theme music. Uh, I, there's, they integrate Turkey and fall leaves into almost almost everything. It's uh, as if it's truffle oil now. 
Uh, but it's there's plenty of reasons to watch. It's not going to be great. I'm not predicting a victory because I I don't know if I've ever said this about like a team of professional sporting human beings before, but I'm not so sure I feel ethical predicting Lions games anymore. <laughs> like it just doesn't feel right. I did see today that you can get an NFT ticket from the Lions if you attend this game. So I, I guess keep your eyes on that if, if that's something that interests you. A, a digital replicant that says, I went to Lions-Bears Thanksgiving. Oh, don't even get me started on the NFL, man. Uh, yeah, the, I think we're about like a year or two years away for like if you bring like a, I don't know, a judge's note that says you have a gambling addiction, you're going to get like 40% off like hot dogs and beer. <laughs> like it's, yeah, I, I think that the NFL... Uh, is very willing to sell as much product as they can to its consumers uh, without without a warning label. Let's let's just leave it at that. Yeah, I, I will leave you on this slightly happier note. Of course, you you do follow some non-Detroit Lions teams. Carlos Correa and AJ Hinch had a famous lunch this week. From what we've heard, it was a breakfast meeting that turned into a lunch. So that's two meals. From your insider's perspective. What do you think they ordered for breakfast that had them still hungry for lunch in the same sitting? Thought about it. I thought about what they ordered a lot. Uh, I, 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 I fought like hell to get the answer from Jeff Passan, uh, meaning I sent one reply mm-hmm. that he didn't respond to. Uh, but, you know, effort was given. No, I'm not so sure. I think, it's, I think that a breakfast turning into lunch, like it's such a magnificent phrase and I think it's kind of like flowery in a way that it's kind of like a metaphor. So I think, look, how many meals are there in a day? Like, first of all, breakfast meetings are kind of weird anyway. What time was that first breakfast? Like, if that first breakfast is, a, is an 11.30, like later in the day, a brunch, and then lunch is more of like a mid-afternoon, uh, hit up like an American tavern, for like a, a burger and a beer at, at, at four, maybe there's like some European soccer on. I kind of think that's kind of like the vibe they were going for. I don't think it was necessarily like eight o'clock bagels and like schmear in the, in the conference room type of deal with like black coffee and like people <laughs> noticing the today shows on for the first time in in six years. And then like a prompt, uh, like noon lunch at, at, I don't know, maybe cause you're in from Omaha, like, uh, uh Guy Fieri's place, uh, something like that. I think it was more just like, kind of like a casual vibe you would have. Like when, uh, when your buddy was visiting you from, from co- a different college or whatever, and you get like some late brunch at 11 and then just, you know, try to get the night started with a, with a late lunch, like a liner at four, uh, but to me, what they, what the food that they had, uh, what's interesting is, I, I mean, if they're sharing a plate, Adam, mm-hmm. that suggests a level of intimacy that is going to give me optimism as a Tigers fan that like, okay, well, this is just a formality. Uh, but if, if there's not a lot of like passing of plates and it's, and it's more stoic and it's more rigid and maybe like someone's getting like granola, s- steel oats. And it's just kind of like, I'm not going to like kick back and have fun with my former manager over here or my former player over here. I think, I think that honestly is probably like a little bit of a sign. So as much as we want to laugh about this, I would, I would love to know what they had. Uh, I, I really, 
I really would like to know. It's so funny. I don't know how you processed it. Um, I got I imagine you're not the biggest Korea fan, uh, but I am as, mm-hmm. as a player. And yeah, I don't know how far on a divergent you want me to get here, but I, I, I love AJ Hinch. Like, great. I think that AJ Hinch, I've always thought he's an incredible manager. The, the Tigers brought him over and it was so apparent right away that this guy is like a special managerial talent in game. Like I could see differences immediately. And then like the whole way he carried himself, I was like, okay. And in me, for me personally, I was kind of like, okay, he's, he's the guy who suffered for the, for this scandal, which I don't think he could have stopped even if he had like blown the whistle on himself, which nobody in the history of the world is going to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, I, I want it to happen. There's, there's a lot of talk about how the Tigers aren't willing to pay over 300 million for any single piece because they want to try to put it together, together in other forms. I would just counter and say, if you're not going to pay that figure for a 27 year old shortstop with a winning pedigree to come back with a world series manager, like when are you ever going to spend it? Like that's the recipe. And I know it can go wrong with like say Francisco Lindor, but I, I think that Correa is a different dude than Lindor in, in a really good way for a team, because I think that that guy has excellent teammate written all over him. And at the end of the day, that counts for a lot when you're trying to build that position long-term. Yeah. Some solid baseball analysis. I don't know. I don't know if you're going to cut that out. Huh? No. Oh, that's, that's staying. I, the only thing I promise you is that if for, for any reason this airs after Correa has made a different decision, I'll keep it all in. The praise will stay, but I'll just put my own voice loudly in afterwards being like, Kyle was extremely hopeful. And unfortunately you guys all know, you know, what, the, what the next page was. <laughs> I got a text from him several hours later. It said he was at a local Knights and Knights of Columbus hall. He's having a rough one. Yeah. Yeah. Carlos reached out to me personally after this podcast aired and said it was steel oats. <laughs> he was concerned. Yeah. He wanted to check in. I don't normally don't, I normally don't do this, but <laughs> well, one fan very disappointed. Yes. Uh, Kyle, thank you so much. Uh, and, and rest assured, no matter how I feel about the lions or how little I know about the lions, I will be there with you on the couch in spirit at noon. As always, uh, thanks so much for joining, man. All right, restore the roar. Kyle Coster, everybody, the last remaining person who still remembers seeing David Blau. And now, my final flame. This Thanksgiving, there are plenty of things I'm thankful for. From the humble turkey to the ease with which humans are able to kill and maim that slew-footed bird. If turkeys were faster, I don't think I'd be able to catch and choke them. Very thankful. So this year, in the spirit of the holiday, I wanted to give out some of my annual NFL awards to players I think have been real turkeys this season. The Turkey Award goes to Baker Mayfield, who's throwing so many ducks while getting goosed he might just turn into an aviary. The Ground Turkey Award goes to Alvin Kamara, who hasn't reached the same lofty heights he did one year ago. He's a turkey on the ground, a grounded turkey. Turkeys, of course, do not fly, and Kamara doesn't soar, especially when he's sore. You're following along. The Christmas Goose Award goes to the top turkey, Zach Wilson of the Jets. He's throwing so many butterflies that he's gotta ask Baker Mayfield if his aviary has a bug room. This turkey is cooked by Thanksgiving, then eaten by Thanksgiving, and then by Christmas, this goose is cooked. The Baby New Year Award goes to the turkey who dropped the ball the most, 
That's Travis Kelsey of the Kansas City Chiefs, who's looked like an all-new man this year. Or should I say, turkey? I obviously should. And my New Year's resolution is to celebrate Christmas this year with the ones I love, and not the passes Kelsey couldn't glove. Pass the mashed potatoes and the Nash teeth, because this Kelsey Cranberry hasn't been worth his sauce. The Arbor Day Save the Trees Award goes to one wooden turkey who simply won't branch out, and I'm the sap who drafted it. Here's where things get sticky. It's Ben Roethlisberger. If this Christmas goose took a gander downfield, he might not get the stuffing knocked out of it. At this point, though, Big Ben says, I am what I am, and asks for a heaping helping of Christmas spirit. Or Christmas spirits? Merry Arbor Day to all of us. And the Dia de los Muertos turkey? That's reserved for the deadest turkey on the block. New York Giants legend Sam Huff, who died November 13th at the age of 87. Rest in peace to Sam. I want to extend happy Thanksgiving wishes to the entire Final Flame family. Producer Jeffrey, Producer Garth, Producer Merrill, Producer Stewart, Producer Nicholas, Producer Angela, Producer Harold, Producer Garth W, Producer Garth W, and Producer R. Just R. As well as a Merry Christmas, a Restful New Year, a Conservationist Arbor Day, a Merry Easter, and a Restful Fourth of July. The Final Flame will be back after a short break in 2024. Wanted to make sure I hit every holiday. Happy Diwali, you turkeys. My thanks to Kyle Coster. See you all next week. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.